You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now, let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. Talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day. Alright! Uh, hello, and welcome to issue 554 of Geek in a City Over Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Rita. And I'm your other host, Cable Hashitani. And we are joined on the road with Nat West of Rev Nat's Hard Cider. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, he's honestly, he's not holding his phone. He just has it mounted. It's mounted there, and I'm not staring at it at all. And no. I'm like five minutes from home, so uh, you know, I'll do anything for this show. Well, thanks. That's so sweet. You're uh, de- delivering ciders to the masses? No, I, I had a mental health day. I went mountain biking. Oh, nice. nice. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are really important to have, baby. Yeah. It was a sort of physical health day, you know, mountain biking as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, uh, having done it a couple times, schlepping a bunch of cider out all around town uh, is does have some physical exertion to it. It can be hard work, especially if you don't have any air conditioning. But I do, so I'm all right, so. I do still enjoy the act of, like, driving around town to go on the errands. Some of the errands are obviously stressful because it's a grocery store full of, you know, dimwits with no mask or their mask half off. Um, right. But uh, but driving across town and listening to an audiobook or a podcast is very, is very soothing to me. It is very cathartic. I have taken to just, because I just, I got a new uh, scooter helmet that has the Bluetooth headphones already inside it. Mm-hmm. And I just ride now. And and just listen to music. Wow. <laughs> uh, so how's everybody riding? Right. Yeah, yeah. kind of. The only time that's dangerous is when the Tron soundtrack comes on, and I begin to think that I'm in a light cycle. Start going a little too fast. Yeah. Well, and the other bad part is this will shock no one, but when that soundtrack comes on and I'm on my scooter, I'll start to make the light cycle sounds. So when I turn, I'll go. Pew, pew, pew. Because I'm a big dork. You know what? I'd rather be on the road with someone who looks like they're jamming out to their music on their motorcycle or, or bike or scooter uh, versus the other day I was behind this guy. I don't know if he was on a really angry phone call or like shouting and gesturing at me. I was going above the speed limit as it were. And yeah. uh, then he did eventually like stop gesturing at something, me or something. 
to go around me and pass me. But, you know, he was in my vicinity for a long time. And the whole time that I, he was within sight, there was just a lot of head shaking and gesturing. And I started yeah. to be concerned that someone who was maybe mentally unwell, you know, uh, was out on the road. Yeah. It seems I, I, like everybody out on the road. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. And everyone's like extra angry right now. Extra angry right now. Extra angry. Extra angry. Angry about anger. He's so angry. Um, angry baby. <laughs> Don't know where I'm going with that. That was weird. It was. Uh, I blame you. Um, uh, yeah, sure, that's fair. Because you put angry out that's there, a fair and yeah, that's you. You put us down that path. You should be used to me. Um, having my brain create all new combo words in my head and then not filtering it and just blah. Oh, but sometimes I run with it and that's what happens. Oh, okay, well, if you're going to be angry, you're going to be angry, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Is, uh, is the proper response to that die angry about it? Die <laughs> angry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I don't. what are we doing today? I think it's kind of just a catch up, see how everyone's doing. Kind of a mental checkup. We were uh, going to keep things light, but then the you know humanity happened again this week. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I feel like in the last week or two, the news has become more of a mix of like fifty percent awful, but fifty percent like hopeful and uplifting. Really? Yeah. Um, oh shit! Now I have to remember all of the examples that I prepared in my head today yeah, give, me to a couple, give me a couple of helpful uplifting blah, wow because i'm just angry all the time right well, i know well, aaron, yeah. i've got i've got the i've got one for you guys and maybe okay. this was uh, aaron when, when we talked uh, about coming on the show again you, you mentioned this one. Oh, that that's true this, yeah, uh, yeah i'm gonna hold on i'm gonna i don't know if i just went blank or whatever on the screen but there i have this i'm, gonna, I'm bringing it up on my phone eight hundred twenty one thousand dollars the um uh, I've been working with um, this organization called uh, Black Resilience Fund. Mm-hmm. It's based in, based in Portland. And it is a good thing, being Rita. It is a fantastic thing. Um, the guy who's kicked it off, his name is Cameron Witten. And he um, has a pretty decent history of, um, a, a exhaustive history, really, of working um, for uh, change overall kinds of change in the city of Portland. He was, a uh, one of the leaders of the Occupy Wall Street thing a number of years ago. And he had, um, he was the director of the Q Center, which is a LGBTQ, uh, advocacy community organization in Portland. Um, and he most recently had an, a, a sadly unsuccessful run at, uh, uh, Multnomah County. Uh, Metro Commission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, he, like the day after he lost the uh, primary for the Metro, he um, was out. He's been uh, feeding homeless people. Like his, that's his thing. That was always his thing. Was uh, housing and homeless issues. Was it was his uh, plank uh, also and platform part of, part of his history, right? Was he dealt absolutely? With he was a homeless youth when he first got to Portland. So uh, he speaks from a very you know knowledgeable point of view. So then you know there was a moment however many weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, George Floyd was murdered. And then every white person reached out to every thoughtful white person reached out to 
their black friends and said, Hey, can I do anything for you? Right. And, um, you know, he's one of mine and I reached out and said, Hey, what can I do? And he said, you know, you're like the 50th person who said that today. Uh, did, did somebody put out a bulletin? Like did somebody write an article, like go talk to your <laughs> black friends. And, um, he was, he had just kicked off this black resilience fund at the time. It was just, um, Hey, everybody send me money to my Venmo and cash app and I will get it to the right people who need it. And, um, it, uh, it, it rapidly evolved from there. And now he has a GoFundMe and it was $821,000. He's raised in the last 18 days, maybe something like that, mm-hmm. 20 days. Um, and a hundred percent of the money, there's no overhead. There's no admin costs. A hundred percent of the money that's donated primarily by white people is um, going to black Portlanders in need. And there's uh there's no, there's no fees involved and there's no, you know, he's not paying himself off of it. Um, right. And in a lot of ways, white Portlanders don't know black people. So it's not like, oh, my neighbor needs some help. I'm going to I'm going to help him out because it's a very white town. Um, but Cameron has this, um, you know, this guy's finger on the pulse. He's been in the community for such a long time that folks like me can say, I'm going to put my trust in Cameron to get this um, to get this money to the people who need it. Right. Um, and uh, apparently a lot of other people have felt the same way. So that is a um, $821,000 is a lot of money. It's far more money than he raised for his Metro um, uh, election campaign. Um, it's more money than most of us will ever see in our lives. Right. Um, and his goal is to the average, average uh, check that he's writing to black folks is about $300. Um and he's super transparent. He's got these spreadsheets that appear on the GoFundMe all the time with how much of it's going to rent, how much of it's going to groceries. And um, it is. Yeah. A, a, yeah. Once a you donate, you'll get, you'll get the constant updates about, okay, here's what we did in the last 24 hours. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I donated personally in the very beginning of the thing. And then re- most recently, Reverend, that's my business. We um, did a $5,000 matching fundraise. So I had my customers, just give money to um, the Black Resilience Fund through my website. So they essentially bought dollars in donations from, from me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I matched them dollar for dollar. So we gave a 10, that we were able to give a $10,000 donation to the um, 5,000 for me and 5,000 for my customers uh, to the Black Resilience Fund, which was totally just dwarfed by the rest of the money that was hauled in that day. So it's, uh, it's great to see. No, but that was still like super cool. Yeah. <clears throat> what I know on uh, on Juneteenth they were running a thing of like if you can donate nineteen dollars, yep, like that was one of their big pushes. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of local businesses as well. I know some my friends at uh, Berlick and Stormbreaker were both giving nineteen percent of their sales uh, to the Black Resilience Fund on Juneteenth. So uh, a lot, like one hundred and fifty businesses in Portland, all uh, gave some portion of their daily sales to um, to the BRF. And, here we are close yeah. to a million bucks. And then, yeah, spoilers. I, I probably should have ran it past, you know, like being in cable ahead of time, but I just decided the show was going to donate that day too. I should have run kind of, my initial. I could have figured the guys would be, yeah. I, th- I mean, I told them later, but I was like, they're going to be fine with this. Some, yep. some I, things don't need to be discussed. Like you just, you know what your team is about. Yes. Yeah. I accidentally donated without asking my wife and she, uh, she was cool with it. So. <laughs> well, there you go. That is some good news stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, and then there's also the the petition to make Juneteenth a national holiday is like going through the roof. I did some reading on it, and I I guess initially she'd been hoping for like fifty thousand votes. Uh, article I read that had been published on Thursday said that they were at three hundred thousand votes. Wow. But when I looked at that petition on change.org today, it was over a million. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So that one is just booming. And I, I, I hope that that momentum carries into actually becoming a federal holiday because I think that that would go a really long way towards um, just making it something that people are aware of at a minimum. Yeah. Uh, I discovered that I was far from being alone in the past week in having zero clue to what Juneteenth was. So, and I mean, like, definitely to some degree that is on me for not, like, once knowing of it, doing the work to understand what it is and, like, the significance of it. But that doesn't change the fact that I went almost the entirety of my life having never heard of it. And I think that just yeah. changing that one element can make a, a big difference. And the system didn't make it easy for you to learn what it was. No. <laughs> no. And there's, a, and there's a lot of events <clears throat> in America's history that is just either it's flat out not taught at all or it's given like one line, you know, <clears throat> yeah. and, then, and well, then you move on. Speaking of which, have you guys all watched Watchmen? I just we just watched it this, over this weekend. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah. Speaking of the Tulsa massacres that you didn't know anything about. Yep, same thing. I um, I learned about that one not terribly long ago, but you know, I knew enough about it that it wasn't a complete shock to me to see it in Watchmen, and I was very, I don't know about amazed, but it was it was very noteworthy to see that they were taking like a, a really terrible historic event that is not well known and just making it almost like the core of the story. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 I it did weird not way. know that going into that. Like, I knew nothing about the Tulsa Massacre. Mm. Also, like, after watching the first episode, I immediately picked up my phone and Googled and went, okay, I have some reading to do. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was really kind of awkward in the way that I just, that I learned about it. It was actually back um, when I used to produce, like, paranormal radio shit. And we were literally doing, like, a a news story on government cover-ups. And if you research that long enough online you're going to come up with Tulsa. <laughs> so here I am, you know, on, on a producing a show that probably has like 70% right wing listeners. And I'm learning about this. And I'm like, well, this is fucked up. Um, and I remember, uh, I actually think Keelan talked about Juneteenth like eight years ago on the show. <clears throat> like he had brought it up. So I remember that's when I'd heard of it then. So, um, but even he had said, he's like, he's like, I barely know about it. He's like, I grew up near Detroit. He's like, True. he's like, I kind of knew about it. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I remember him saying, he's like, I didn't really know more about it until I was an adult and mm-hmm. started seeking it out. I sort of figured part of why I never heard of it was because I am from Arizona, which wasn't even states uh, at the time of um, those events. I'm sorry, I had a hard time figuring out how to phrase that. Uh, and also, it just in my experience, there isn't a particularly large uh, black community. At least not that I ever saw. Um, yeah, and I think, isn't Arizona still not uh, recognizing MLK Day? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that they are. They're also having a skyrocketing amount of uh, new COVID-19 cases. Yes, they are. 
they went into phase one or whatever, like really early. And uh, now everybody's paying for it. Um, although, I mean, kind of speaking of that in a weird, like morbid day, like Nat, how's that? Um, Cause I mentioned, I saw that you guys were opening like outdoor seating. Like how are you guys right. approaching it? Yeah. I mean, I, so on the one hand, we've always, our tap room has always had low operating expenses, low overhead. Um, I really feel for the restaurants out there who are serving food, trying to serve food, trying to cook food. We don't, you know, our product is stable. We don't have food that goes bad. Um, it doesn't take much for us to break even um, on a given day. It takes very few customers. Uh, we don't have a patio. We never had a patio, but we do have a quiet sort of leafy side street. And we um, just took over part of the street. We have a lot of cones that we uh, typically use for uh, trucks coming in. And when we're open Friday, Saturday, Sundays, we um, – throw out all the cones and just take over a bunch of space and put our chairs and tables out in the street. Um, but it was not, I mean, very few people showed up over the weekend. I think there's still a lot of hesitation, uh, at least in Portland among yeah. the cider drinking crowd, uh, right. to not, you know, to be safe. Um, and we're doing it's all also the normal. that most of Portland left Portland this past weekend. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, we had, I was there on Friday night, and I think there was six parties throughout the course of the night. Um, I'm happy to have six parties. Um, I, I'm mostly happy because it means that there was, you know, being outside. I mean, I, I've, we all have a different sort of take on the coronavirus. But from my understanding and the way I'm operating is that you ain't going to catch it if you're outside, especially if you're at a protest. Protesters are immune from catching it. <laughs> so that's that's good. Yeah. Um, there's so been, yeah, being yeah. outside is good for us. Yeah. And then the way you described the way you're doing sitting outside of my brain, for some reason, like went immediately. I started picturing Wayne's world in my head They're you know what they're doing air hockey outside, like car, uh, car. Yeah. And they take yeah, all yeah. the strip. Game on. Yeah, game on. Yeah. We actually, yeah, exactly. We threw a, a cone at the opposite ends of the block. As, so as cars who are coming into the block know, and they're like, wait, what's this orange cone doing here? And then by the time they get up to us, they're in a little bit of a different mood. So Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's one good way to handle it, I guess. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Portland Bureau of Transportation coming by and telling us to remove the stuff from the street. I am just waiting for that call to happen. Well, hopefully none of them listen to this show. Come on by, Peabot. I will have a great conversation with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, <clears throat> yeah, I might actually just swing by just because I like the idea of just sitting outside and drinking a cider right now. Right. I mean, when was the last time I, I still haven't done it myself, sit down, somebody, you have a you know a glass in your hand as opposed to a bottle and you know, you got an hour and you kill it. I don't, it's, it's a, it's an amazing thing. I haven't done it forever. So. Yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, sitting in my pat on my, you know, my porch or in my back little side yard, but yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, yeah, you're right. It's not the same than getting something poured from the tap and then you walk out and yeah, yeah it sounds kind of nice actually. Yeah, totally. Um, I read. It's definitely on my list of things to do in the in the somewhat near future. Yeah, there's some other bars that are opening up, and I'm like, "Eh." um, like uh, I saw on Instagram yesterday that the Horse Brass has gone open again to like limited hours. Yeah, and and I guess they're like they're they're limiting how many people come in and stuff, but I'm still like, 
man, that's, that's one of my favorite pubs. Like I've written two books there, but yeah. I don't know how soon I can come back. Like my name's literally on the wall and I'm like, I don't know guys. I don't They're know. not exactly synonymous with clean air. I love them, right. but yeah. I mean, there is the argument that there are still so many carcinogens in the air of the horse brass that no virus can actually survive. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets a shot of whiskey on the way in the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like when uh, the smoking ban happened and like a month later I was in my father's place and I'm like, this place smells. And they're like, oh, it's because the smoke's not covering anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> that place kind of does stink, yeah. Yeah. But back in the day, there were a few places that were better than to watch bands, like, break up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know. Over a plate of hash browns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched a couple of bands have massive arguments, and I watched bands just fall apart. Meanwhile, I'm, the, I'm at the booth, like, writing notes down, like, oh, this is such good stuff for a script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always have a different take on people going out and doing things because I've been going out regularly still to work. So mm. like, everyone's like, I, I'm so surprised people are walking around without masks. I'm like, people have been walking around without masks for like three months. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, I've been, I, I was, I been I've been driving the everyone. whole time and yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's never yeah. not been a thing. Right. Like everyone has just been, nah, we don't care. It's like, God damn it guys. It's like, this is going to get worse when everything opens up. And sure enough, as soon as things opened up, people are like, everything's fine. It's like, no, it's not. This is still a pandemic. Uh, there's yeah. still things going on. You still have to take precautions. It's just yeah, we're going to be at it for a while. Caring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, until we get a vaccine, that's pretty much what we're looking at. Or we all get it, one or the other. Whichever one comes first. Yeah, I, I'm i certainly hoping for a vaccine first. I did hear from Fauci yesterday that he he's, his current prediction is by the end of the year. So That's not as soon as I would like. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. But that's like, that's as soon as, soon as I expected. Like, yeah, back, I guess. Back in March, it's like, yeah, we're, none of this is going to be over until close to the end of the year. Yeah. No, you're right. I just, I don't know. I guess I was holding out hope. I don't you're know not, why. You're not the only one. Like, there are so many people that they just, they have different levels of where they think everything was going to end. And yeah. I, I went total doom and gloom immediately and went, oh, okay, we're shut down for two years. Uh, we have a year of this before we have a vaccine. And then things will start getting put back together well that's that's a great point cable like the vaccine comes this is the healthcare system in the united states we're talking about here so Mm -hmm. okay vaccine happens tomorrow who gets it do you have to be a registered republican to get it uh do you how how much is it gonna cost how much is it gonna cost yeah i mean oh man which nobody is really talking about no one no yeah, so I, and, I can t- I can totally imagine a situation where it costs a thousand dollars, and you know if you if you don't want it, then I, I don't know, I don't know. And, and I think that's that's going to be the last the last straw on the camel's back is like all of the, I heard someone say it recently or saw it on Twitter that they were talking about how the coronavirus basically did not cause all of these things to happen 
but it has laid bare the inequities that already existed in our society, which has made it easier for everything to come to a head. Every social issue has just yeah. gone, hey, you know, fuck it. <laughs> right. Know, would, bringing would, this up. would George Floyd's murder ha- have the same effect that it's having right now without COVID? I'm sure not. I, I believe not. Like, There's been a lot of discussion no. about that. And it's, I, I, I think it's hard to know for sure. Um, but, I mean, either way, I'm not mad about it. If, if it's finally yeah. getting enough people uh, and creating enough momentum. And a lot of that is because they're all currently unemployed. Right. And yeah. don't have anything else to do except read, learn, and be angry and focus that angry where that anger where it should go. Yeah. Totally. Really keeps pushing that for that UBI. But yeah. but I think that if if a vaccine or when the vaccine is found, if there is a price tag at all attached to it, that's going to be no. Okay, we're we're, yeah. we're we are literally Burn burning down. everything down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And totally. you know what? I get freedom and all, but you don't get a choice. You, you're getting the fucking vaccine. Exactly. Well, exactly. Unless you have, unless no, no, you have it, a legit medical reason that you can't, and that nah, makes there ain't any legit. Take it. Yeah, there could be a thing that we're talking. Documented issue, but put in the water. Oh man! Yes, you know yeah. you don't even want to. You don't even want to know my my theory on little. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty laid back, but I have like just the tiniest of little fascist streak in me, and it usually has to do with, um, putting some kind of birth control in the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, until you can prove that you're not a piece of shit, you you just it's it's just in the water. And once they both like, right. oh, you're not awful. All right, here's a pill that counteracts the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's serious, everybody. I'm gonna get a whole like whatever, but I'm totally yeah. Serious. But yeah, the vaccine should when it when it is discovered, it should be free. Yeah, should yeah. be. But it should be free for at least the works. next. No, I mean planet wide. It should be free <laughs> planet wide for two yeah. years before it becomes a yeah. It's twenty dollars. I know that Bill Gates was, or the sorry, the the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation. They're they're going in heavy on the coronavirus. I think that they're. They're they're simultaneously pushing forward like twenty potential vaccines mm-hmm. into full production. So the theory is that they're uh, they're ramping up production on this thing, whether it passes or not. In the event that it passes, they'll have a million, two million, ten million doses ready to go already, right. uh, and they're doing that for a bunch of different um, options, which is why we're shortening the uh, amount of time to develop like we never have before. Hmm. Yeah, I guess my only real like scare is, or the thing that I would be concerned about is that this this country doesn't have the best test track record on whom it decides to secretly test shit on first. Oh yeah, you know. So I, I but also like keep an eye on them. You know, we don't need a we same don't thing need a, with sterilization. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh, it's it's nasty stuff. Um, yeah. I. I I, I definitely agree. It would be ideal for it to be free and mandatory. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was actually talking with someone about this about like how do you know if someone's had the vaccine? Like, what do you do? How do you know that you can safely uh, uh, interact with somebody? So, like, what what happens? And this person yeah. suggested like maybe you know maybe the vaccine does come with like some kind of like you know RF chip or a little mark. And I was like, dude. If you think the right wing loses their shit over like this mark of the beast stuff now, 
I said, if you are actually suggesting, I was like, look, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but if you're actually suggesting that along with your vaccine that you should have some kind of chip or tiny tattoo put on, good luck selling this fucker. Um, even though the Bible actually doesn't reference the mark that way anyway, but that's a whole another that's a whole another story. And Revelations was not a book about the future. It was a book about the current uh, political scene in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was an uh, anti, um, anti-establishment anti uh, against the current Roman Empire uh, propaganda. Yeah. Imagine that. I learned that in college. The only real, like, if you want to dive into it, the only, like, real time the the Bible like references potential prophecy in terms of like long-term future is usually in the book of Isaiah. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. So there you go. You have a rat on your shoulder. Yeah. Does anybody, is anybody like, afraid of rats? No, mm-hmm. but at first I was like, what's moving around? Like, Oh, it's a rat. Their this tails is- gross me out. This is Ninja. Actually, his name is something different, but I call him Ninja because he's pretty athletic. Nice. Oh, I thought it was a splinter thing. Ha! <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, yeah. My daughter has a couple of rats, and this is my favorite. Where are you going, buddy? I like rats. I just wish I, I can't have them as a pet. I'm super allergic to them. Yeah, my wife's pretty allergic too. She um, she does some like Flonase stuff just to keep her going. Yeah, I can basically be allergic and still have a pet. You know, I'm say something. Cats. Say something, Ninja. He doesn't say much. He's, he seems to be camera shy. Type. Well, yeah. I mean, ninjas aren't supposed to talk. That's how. That's, right. stay, that's how you stay a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are <laughs> there are no living loud ninjas. They're all dead. Like that's, a tale. That's, that's a tale. That's a tale, being arena. It's a historical fact. Ugh, that's the part I don't like. That's the part of the <laughs> I, rat that makes me displeased. I can't. I can't say I love it either. But you know, you get the good with the bad. Because I've had mice before as a kid, and they they were fine. Which is weird because they poop in your hand. You think that would be more bothersome than Ugh. the amount of tail they have? I don't know. I mean, Cable and Merrick have mice, but they don't last very long. Hmm. We we have rats and they're all frozen. I was say yeah. I don't know that they get there as alive. Are they up to we rats don't. now? Are they too big for mice? Oh, they've they've been too big for mice for oh. years. Yeah, um, they're just start they're just starting to eye the dog now. They're like, hmm, if we get they're out. not that big. Oh. <laughs> Cable, what does a what does a feeder rat cost you? Ah. Uh, I think we usually get a bag of like a dozen or two dozen, like a bag of two dozen for maybe 50 bucks. I love the idea yeah, of see, a bag of dozen rats. I think there's some, I think there's some weird economics at play because pet rats are like 20, $25, but you can get a bag of them for $2 a piece or something. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're those not don't, live, Those ones don't eat. So. Yeah. They don't need warmth uh, uh, or food uh, or, they just take up freezer in. space. They I'm take guess- up freezer space. I'm guessing the package of two dozen is roughly the size of a shoebox. Uh, it's a gallon size freezer bag. <laughs> yeah, that's not nearly enough room for an alive right? <clears throat> no, not for very long. <laughs> no, we have especially if you thing. zip it up. 
Like yeah. she she would eat a rat. Really? Uh, Manju? Yes, she would. Cats um, would eat anything. My cat um, won't even eat a bug. How and... hungry do you let him get? <laughs> oh, she she free feeds. Maybe that's my problem. Um, and Irma is like she. I'm pretty sure that she would go down a hole after a rat. Um, because she's just kind of built that way. Sorry yeah. if I'm distracted. There is a lot of screaming going on outside. Oh, oh you got rid of the uh, screaming apartment, Cable. Uh, it's not directly in front of our window anymore. We're, you know, a little... Just it, still within it's, earshot. Yeah, it's still Old Town Chinatown. So. I can actually kind of hear it a little bit. Yeah, yeah I can too. Ooh. That's because this is a good mic. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no feedback. Let's just think um, like we used to have when I was a kid. We had some. We had certain fish that you had to feed uh, feed our goldfish to. They wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't take. You couldn't give them the flake food, and they either liked uh, they liked goldfish or they liked uh, mealworms. And I bet that water got really nasty really quick. Nah. No. Wait. It, it has an aerator and filters. Yeah. Plus, we had a couple of. They are. Called, I think they're called placostomus. Not they're the, they're the fish that like you'll see on the side of fish tanks and they're just eating the junk on the walls and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. sucker fish! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the go- no because they wasn't they the fish didn't nibble these things. It was oh, no more. Mm-hmm. And mealworms are actually very clean. They just stink. They smell so bad until they're eaten and they don't smell at all. They don't smell at all. Or once they get in the water, I can't smell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a fish once that really liked liked beef heart. How did you find that out? Uh, the person we got it from the fish store, it says they like beef heart. That's what they like. Not beef they're, liver. No, they're, they were like this weird, like, I forgot what, I forgot what they were called, but it, like its mouth was like, like a trap, like a, like a drawbridge. It was, oh, oh, and it was wow. a freshwater fish, but it was a cross between like a shark and an eel. Uh, so now, um, hearts are really like tough and chewy. And yeah. liver is like really soft and like almost oh, yeah. dissolves really easily. Yeah, so yeah. maybe maybe that's part of the things. Like they hmm. like a nice tough, you know. Like the dogs dogs who like to chew. You gotta give them something that you know they can work in. Maybe. Pet talk on Geek in the City Radio. Oh yeah. I, I just keep wondering, it's like how do you how do you find out that a fish would like beef heart? Because where in there's few instances in nature where they're going to come across that. You know, that's true. I never oh, thought no, about it's it. It's definitely that way. a trial and error situation there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like this fish neck needs a lot of iron. Uh, and mm. so you could give them a lot of like worms, or you could just give it some beef heart and then it's better than that. I, I don't know. He I mean, fit, like though. maybe a chicken Weird. heart, because like, you know, you cook a whole chicken, it comes with a heart, but you don't like buy beef that has the heart included, you know? No, you usually have to ask for that um, yeah. separately. Yeah, my my Pay people my people buy a lot of beef heart. Yeah, do we now? Well, you may not because you grew up all bougie. <laughs> That's not true. I had, there was a lot of innards eaten in my household growing up. Okay, Dude. that might be true. We were, an or, we were an organ meat people. Use the whole animal. That's right. Uh, I did not grow up eat, eating a lot of innards or you know odds and ends uh like chicken feet or i mean we eat a lot of liver you know, like liver and onions or what that's have you that's an innard it comes from the inside 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, conceptually, like, uh, like aesthetically, liver is a little bit less icky. You can get liver in a cellophane package at a regular grocery store. You want chicken feet, you're going to have to go somewhere special. Yeah, liver, once you, like, chop uh-huh. it up, just it's kind of like spam, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more or less. I actually used to be in charge of cooking the liver and onions, and uh, I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better though than like breaded fried chicken livers. Oh, those are so good. They do smell funny when you're. When you're ERB, I'm gonna go poke my head. Okay. Yeah. I have a um, I have another uh, sort of relevant topic while we're discussing, <laughs> while we're no longer discussing the BLM. Something that our listeners can pay attention to. Um, I know that we have listeners all around the country, and there is a really cool thing that. Um, there's a brewery in, uh, I don't know where there are. Let me flip to the Instagram. Weather, they're called Weathered Souls. Weathered Souls Brewing in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, Texas. It's, what's it uh, called? Uh, weathered for Souls. Norm to respond. Weathered Dot, Souls? Oh, weathered okay. Souls, yeah. Where does Norm live in Texas? Longview. <laughs> uh, Where the um, hell is that? Far from San Antonio, I think. But, but the better, the best part Wait, about east. it. So there's there's a, there's a it's a black owned brewery in San Antonio called Weather Souls, and they, um, you know, the beer industry. As we're as we're getting, you know, <laughs> learning more about Tulsa massacre, et cetera, and police brutality, and we're we're trying to figure out what we can do from our own place of power, right? We we are the beer industry. We know beer. Uh, what can we do that's relevant to our customers? Uh, you know, a, a brewery talking about Black Lives Matter is not as powerful as a brewery talking about Black Lives Matter with beer as uh, a major, you know, point of it. So right. this brewery called Weathered Souls, they came up with a recipe. It's a uh, dark beer, whatever. And it's called Black is Beautiful. And I don't know if anybody remembers oh. when the ca- – Don't – that's my story. Don't tell me. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> So do you know, do you remember the campfire that happened in Northern California, Paradise, California, a couple of years back? Yeah. And Sierra Nevada kicked off this program um, where they encouraged breweries around the country to make a specific beer and give 100% of the proceeds to rebuilding. Yeah, it was the Resilience IPA. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, Resilience yeah. IPA. Yeah. So everybody made the same beer and they had the same label, but they put their own part of the label, you know, their own breweries. And there, there were 100, 100, 150, 200 breweries around the country that were doing this. So the model was set by Sierra Nevada, you know, all praise Sierra Nevada. Weathered Souls jumped in this thing and said, hey, here's a recipe. Everybody make the beer and give 100% of the proceeds to uh, your your local BLM chapter or whatever, whatever it may be. And there's like a hundred and something breweries. So it's an opportunity for for listeners around the country to find their nearest favorite brewery. Who's doing one of these black is beautiful beers. Um, the beer is not scheduled to come out until like September or something. And they're, they're trying to put together a sort of national launch day so that everybody's can get at the same time. Um, but it's, it's some, it's an opportunity that, that isn't just generic black lives matter, but it's very specific to their customer base. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about that because it is, you know, I'm surprised. I've I've lost Twitter followers since this George Floyd thing started. Right? Yeah, you've been so, on, you've been on fuck fire. those people. 
<laughs> right. So maybe, maybe, uh, so clearly since I lost Twitter followers and I've turned my Twitter account into uh, 95% fuck Portland police and 5% cider. Um, <laughs> but is there an opportunity to bring those moderate white men along as MLK pointed out? Can we bring those folks into the conversation using beer, cider, whatever, right. as the uh, medium for, for them to get involved? And so I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited about this Black and Beautiful beer. I want to buy, like, every brewery I can find that's going to be making it in September. Uh, I want to buy some from everybody. And if it's one label that, that you can, you know, get and every, all the beers are going to look the same, but it's going to taste a little bit different. Even though the recipe is the same. You know, if you give the same recipe to one chef and another, it's going to taste very different. So, right, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. And I think <clears> that's <throat> that 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 model of taking action that's still that's not generic Black Lives Matter, but like very specific to your industry. I'm I'm just I think that's a I'm pro that. Yeah, yeah that sounds that really sense. cool. I'm looking I, at the recipe right now. I put Hit me with the, the recipe. link to their Instagram account in the chat for everyone uh, if they want to check it out. Yeah, and so encourage your local brewery to join the join the club, man. I mean, you don't have to like if it's a small brewery, sure they make a little bit, maybe you can't can't make a ton if you, if you don't have the finances for it because you got to like spend money on it, right? But um, yeah. it's just yeah. Really I don't cool know if you can check. I don't know if you can click on links in the chat via the phone, but I just put it in there. Yeah, I think I can. If you, it's all the pop thing pop up, but that is the that's the homebrew recipe. I think they have a larger one if you are a bigger production house. Ooh. Aaron, are you going to make this? Uh, I might. I'm actually looking at it. Uh, apart oh, from a cool. couple ingredients, it's really close to La Llorona. <laughs> Sweet. Like, really, really close. Uh, mine has uh, a couple things of like peppers and chocolate, but other than that, it's a real similar recipe. Yeah, and you can download uh, the label, you know, print them out and, you know, have your own Black is Beautiful Yeah, they have beer. everything. And then, yeah, they have the professional one for like breweries, Nat. Yeah. It just gives percentage, like 51% two-row, 10% carafoam. As big as you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, I was going to say, like, I knew about this a few days ago because um, the AHA sent out a big old email. And, like, this, uh, that was their headline story. So yeah. hopefully yeah. they're throwing their weight behind it, too. So. At the Homebrew yep. Association? Yeah. Nice. And I think what I'm really excited about, okay, focus on – the change that we want within our own industries, right? What can, what can, it's not just, you know, let's all be nice to each other, but within the comics industry, right? Within the, you know, the gaming industry, right? So focus on what we can do with each other, but also let's not just do this now. Let's, let's have, can we have a, a huge impact or, or can we bring this to the conversation again in September, which is months away, right? right. Um, how do we maintain this momentum? How do we maintain this passion, this excitement? Excitement is the wrong word. Passion um, for change, momentum, energy. Uh, so I'm really excited about, about the timing on it as well. Maybe that was an awesome, smart move from them, and maybe there was a very realistic move from them. But right. um, I, I'm, I'm stoked, yeah, to be drinking a bunch of Black is Beautiful beer in a couple of months from now. Yeah, talking about this issue still. Hopefully a couple of the breweries here get on that. I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, Nat, I actually uh, – I. I want to commend you because it's it's so easy, especially if you come from like a comfortable position socially to just be like, look, it's just important to be nice and get along and avoid 
uncomfortable conversations, like avoid correcting people in your social circles when they are saying or acting in ways that are, you know, not right, whether it's Mm. racist or misogynist or, you know, what have you, any of those uh, things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I really uh, appreciate that you're, that you're not backing down, that you're not going to let, um, you know, the number of followers you have or how many buddies you might lose in the brewing industry uh, for the sake of being vocal about something that's so important. Well, sure. I mean, a part of it is the, the obviousness that people of color have been trying to do this forever. Right. And it hasn't, I mean, it's, it's, we've had, they've had, we, they have had some successes, right. But it's the, if, you know, if, if, if whatever the issue, if there's, if it's sexual assault on women, it's the men who have to figure it out, right? If it's, if it's uh, inequality or discrimination or abuse of people of color, it's the white people who've got to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of obvious that like, uh, yeah. that, that, that white, white privilege, white power, <laughs> wrong, wrong use of the word right power, but the, <laughs> the power that we have as white people, we can make a huge difference. And, uh, but then also I have gone into this assuming that all my customers are quote unquote woke. Right. And Mm. I'm not, I didn't, we've never released a statement of that solidarity stand with you. I'm not going to release that statement um, because that implies that, um, that there's a question about it, that, right? there's, that a, you needed to clarify that. Yes. Right. right. And I, yeah. I, that is, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in having my actions, our actions show what this means to us. And if the actions are not to a customer's liking, then uh, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there. Go find, you know what? Go, go drink angry orchard then. <laughs> totally. Their, 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 their actions are clearly, uh, you know, <laughs> aligned with some other folks. Have so. you received any kind of pushback at all? Cause I've only seen like no. positive from, from what you've been doing. No, I mean, the only thing I I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. Um, I have seen, I've got fewer followers, but I have different followers. Um, <laughs> so I'll take that. Um, you know, when we did the, uh, you know, donate to uh, black resilience fund, you know, a lot of people bought their cider, during that weekend that we were pushing it hard um, and didn't put a donation on a lot of people put $10 donations on. And there were some folks that put a $150 donation on and didn't buy any cider. Um, so I, you know, I, I haven't had any, nobody has said stick to cider. Um, right. I'm a little disappointed. I would have really enjoyed that conversation. Were you, you kind of hoping to throw down with someone <laughs> with that? <laughs> I was ready for it. I was uh, ready not, for it for sure. Uh, Nat's looking for a fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, right. So like, when I go down to the protests and I'm there, I'm like, it's, I got to stick myself in front of something that's, I haven't been like seeking out the bad opportunities, but it's our job to stand in front of, um, you know, a person of color who's getting beat up by somebody. So mm-hmm. um, I'm totally really ready and willing. Um, haven't necessarily had the opportunity, but I'm ready. Right. That's good. No, Which I is think, also I think it's, okay. Like, what else? I mean, yeah, I don't, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get dig into things. I just, it, a little bit. So a few days ago, I saw you like kind of like put like the the like the American cider brew like craft brewery like you yeah yeah you yeah. kind of you kind of rolled hard on them. What was up with them? What is it just a 
Well, yeah, this is a real disappointment. I haven't, I didn't check the American Hobart Association, but um, I met the cider folks. Or, yeah, yeah. So when, so when you know when George Floyd started trending, right? Um, everybody came out with their statements of solidarity. We stand with you. I mean, the fucking NFL did and all this shit. And what did that one feel disingenuous? Right. I mean, <laughs> okay. Right. So what are your actions? But regardless. The um, the um, uh, U.S. The, it used to be called the United States Association of Cider Makers. Now it's called the National Cider Association or something. Um, they uh, it was a lot of silence. It was ten days maybe. And you look at their Instagram, you look at the Twitter, you look at the Facebook, and it's zero. Um, not even like a black square, right? I mean, whatever that whatever that was about, but whatever. Um, uh, as well as the Brewers Association. The Brewers Association is the uh, all the craft breweries in America are members of the Brewers Association. They're a really powerful organization, and it was silence—just total silence for uh, a week. Now, not even worse than silence. It was business as usual for like right. ten days, right? Um, and that, to me, felt like look. I've got I've got like ten thousand followers on Facebook and ten thousand followers on Instagram, and like, how can I not do something with that, right? And, yeah. and it's one thing when you hear like, well, a lot of this stuff is already automated. It's like, you know what? Someone can go in and turn it off after the first no day. Like, shit. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. Right. It's not that yeah. hard. Right? <laughs> it's not that hard. Right. I've had so, to do but, that for, for companies before. Yeah. So thankfully, actually the, uh, uh, the American Cider Association, they came, they came out um, with a great program. It, they, they, their silence was because they're working on a really robust program. And they put all kinds of promises in place, like we're going to do this this kind of hiring, and we're going to focus on these kind of things, or we're going to have these kinds of grants that for people of color, and we're we're developing this uh, DEI like uh, toolbox for our members. And they ended up coming out um, with a good. Their silence was, although disappointing, it, it was it was um, it came out well in the end, right? Because they put together what I felt was a very useful set of actions for their members. The Brewers Association still has been not good about it. Like, uh, I don't know if anybody followed the Founders Brewing out of Michigan. I was just about to ask if Founders are still being shitty. I'm, I'm and assuming, yes, and they're still members of the um, uh, uh, the Brewers Association. So it's there's so many op. It's like all you got to do. It's like being a cop and being surrounded by all this stuff and still shooting people in Wendy's parking lots. You're like, what the fuck, man? Everybody is so, watching if for no exactly. other reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't get it. The Brewers Association is still kind of falling flat on this, um, this, this thing. So Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, no, I was, I, I wasn't going to bring it up and yeah, but you did. I, I, I will still randomly like check out like the founders feed and I'm like, you guys are still just, you're just digging in your heels on this. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, look, and and, and that. So and also, I feel sorry because I think I think where their head brewers is like an African American. I'm like, how the fuck do you? I mean, I guess you got to have a job, but yeah. And, he, and he's kind of got a record saying like, I'm trying to fight from within, but I'm like, that's just got to be fucking exhausting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the founders still has like they admitted no guilt or whatever. There was some. For those of you who don't know, it was like a hiring thing. They had some a black employee that was he, uh, you know, brought it up to HR numerous times about racial bad very very bad word the bad word um amongst a number of staff they had a, a a printer that they called the black printer and it was downstairs and they had a white printer that was called the white they were both the same color both white um just a number of things that were like pretty egregious 
And uh, they, no, there was never any fault found because it was an out-of-court settlement. The guy, uh, Tracy, uh, I, can't, I don't know his name. I mean, you're a black dude and you're having like a, a friggin' law stuff with a big brewery and they offer you a settlement. I don't know. Maybe you just take the fucking settlement because life wants to move on. Um, so that left founders the, with the ability to not admit anything. Um, but anybody who's paying attention in the slightest bit to beer Twitter knows that founders is canceled. Right. And there's, they're still out there just posting their, we stand in solidarity. Like you didn't really stand in solidarity when it was the time for you to stand in solidarity, man. Right. There's been a lot of that where it's, it's just, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like everyone's just like along for the ride. Oh, this is what all of the other businesses are doing this week. So we're going to post something similar, but right, there's really paste. no, no, uh, it's, it's, it's entirely disingenuous. There, there's no actual thoughts or actions uh, behind the statement at all. They're just doing it to do it because that's what everyone else is doing. And a lot of the time that seems to be good enough. I remember early on uh, when, you know, cities were shutting down, I would see a lot of posts about people saying like, remember all of the friends who aren't checking in on you during this time, because those aren't your real friends. They weren't there for you. Um, But I wonder how many people who feel that way, um, which is, is, is shitty. It's a, it's a, like a form of like emotional blackmail mm-hmm. uh, to like, you know, hold someone's own, like to, to, to question the, the quality of someone's friendship based on extreme circumstances and how they, they may or may not interact with you during that time. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many of those people put that same sort of criticization into uh, like what, Criticism into I don't know why <laughs> into the into I'm rubbing off on you. I know um, whatever businesses they follow, like okay, you're gonna hold the people in your life to this standard, even though they, they've probably been there for you on a lot of different things. Uh, but meanwhile, this company whom you give all of this money to, they can say or do whatever, and you don't really care. That's not your problem or your concern. Right. Those people, those corporations, have way more power within your community to make things better or worse Mm -hmm. uh, versus those are people from your family in your life. Like it's, it's a really kind of backwards. We're not putting the right pressure on the right groups. You're angry at Ben and Linda for not calling you, but you're still shopping at Walmart because they're there for you. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, admittedly it's like, do we, I mean, I still buy stuff from Amazon, right? It's, it, do we, how, what steps do you want to take? And I think that for me as, you know, the white guy in the room, oh, rats are having a fun time. Um, I, it's, there's no, there's no answer. Like there's no, calm down, boys. Jesus, can you hear that? Yes. <laughs> what is funny. that? They're just, they're just rat, rat wrestling. There's three of them. Rat like to wrestle. You have three they're, rats? Well, my daughter has three rats, but yeah. Anyway, it's so a rat party. There's no, there's no answer, right, about about what you do, and if you know, if you're a if you're a black person and you're and you're not marching, okay, right, that's that's totally fine. Um, I don't, you know, and there's there is there room. I mean, don't hold me up as some kind of like model beer and alcohol industries, you know, BLM citizen. Like that's not me, right? I'm just thinking about it, and I think that's the important part about it is just 
just think about it and figure out what you can do and then do a little bit more than what you think you can do. Take one more step beyond what you think you can do. And like, that's why I'm excited about this thing. We talked about it already September, like how long is this thing going to last? Can we get some momentum between now and then and, and keep this a conversation? Mm-hmm. Do you think you would actually brew it or is it like legally you can't do cider? Cause I, know I, I, I yeah, I can't make it. Yeah. Um, I did reach out to them and said, Hamlet a company uh, haven't gotten back cause they're like swamped with stuff. I, I would love to make a cider version. I mean, you know, you, you make beer, there's no cider version for a stout, right? So, uh, well, I've made well, one, but, uh, where, where. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had this talk about you could hellfire some of that shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I might come around to it um, for sure, or at least yeah, just yeah. try. You know, maybe make a collaboration with another brewery who's not doing it. Um, you know, and I'll off, offer offer to do a collaboration on that with them. So, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll drink it. Oh yeah, we'll drink it. Heck yeah. And hopefully beyond uh, like our front porches by then. That would be nice. Well, yeah. we can all hang out outside of Matt's uh, tap room. Come yeah. on. <laughs> we'll close the whole street. We'll put like X's every 10 feet and everyone can stand there and we'll have a <laughs> drinking party. Every 10 feet. There you go. Doing that extra mile again. Yeah, yeah you know, you're, you're drunk. You're stumbling around a little bit. It's okay. You know? Oh, that's you right. Gotta... You, do need, you, need, you need like a bubble of space to move around in. You need, you need tumble space. And always space. be at least six feet from somebody exactly. who might also exactly. be kind of stumbling around. Oh, you're getting a little too close. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. had an idea. What if we all just get bubbles, like John Travolta style? Did you oh. see the pool noodle thing? Somebody was doing pool noodle hats. I saw that, yeah. That? It's yeah. A, it was also, I think it's a, it was a restaurant in Germany that when you show up, they give you this hat. That has a pool uh, noodle on it, and that's how far apart you're supposed to be. Burger yeah. King in like Denmark or something, they were giving away free cardboard crowns, but they were like this big. So if <laughs> everyone has one, you're all at least six feet apart. Right. There are um, in Chinese imperial culture, way back in the day, there were specific hats that had long ornamentation on them that would also make you keep the distancing that they're employing with school children now. Oh yeah. Their yeah. original purpose was to keep um, your underlings from whispering secrets to one another in court. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's fascinating. Yes. I, saw, I saw a health report. I saw like a, a PSA out of Mexico that basically said, stay two mariachi players apart. <laughs> <laughs> The guy with the big, the bass yeah. guitar, or just right? yeah, well, because of the sombreros, you get two of those together. Like, oh, right, yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was. I was somewhere in rural Oregon, and this one town that was seemed to be doing things correctly, they had signs up everywhere that said "one stay one cow apart." Like that was how they told people, <laughs> like you stay mm. one cow apart. <laughs> now I'm uh, writing a mariachi song in my head about social distancing. I got the hats. Super, super. All right. Uh, I'll have to employ the musician husband for that because I'm not really. And you know, if you put a, I'm filter, not a very good songwriter, you guys. Put a filter over the, put a filter okay. under the luchador mask, and that works. Uh, like that um, that artist uh, Pinche Rafe, mm-hmm. who is doing the um, the COVID nineteen loteria. You've seen oh, this, right? Man. No. Um, oh man, it's so good. Uh, well, let me leave the weathered souls uh, site here. I'm gonna I, be did right pick, back. I did pick up a mask that has uh, basically has the Mayan calendar on it. 
So it has the added benefit of looking really cool and making people at Bymart incredibly nervous when I walk into the store. Nice. Uh, okay, so the artist is called uh, Rafael Gonzalez Jr. Can you put a link uh, on the thing? I can. Here, let me grab that. Yay! Paste. Uh, and so, like, the uh, their Instagram handle is art with underscores between the words. And so he's got this whole La Loteria theme going. And he actually built, an, at first I think it was just individual art pieces, mm-hmm. but then uh, uh, they, he put it together. Uh, so there's the card and the board. Uh, for those of you who don't know, La Loteria is basically Mexican bingo, but it's got art uh, and, and words instead it of- It has ruined more openers. families. <laughs> Make sure you have a good cache of dried beans or a stash of pennies. But so then they've got like the mascara and that's um, somebody oh. wearing a luchador mask and yeah. then also like a, you know, like a standard medical mask. Uh, la coping mechanism instead of la copa. It's, it's, it's a cup, you know, because yeah. you're drinking a bunch to cope. <laughs> they're what? all really clever and they're all done in that, you know, that excellent uh, Loteria art style. I gotta uh, check this out because, like, I have the ones Jen made me, but it's like I feel like I'm watching the same two over and over and over again. So it's kind of the things like if I could collect like five or six, I don't feel like I'm having to constantly throw my entire collection in the wash. Mm. Oh, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I think I think there's T-shirts, but the rest of it is just prints. Where'd you put the link at? Uh, in the restream chat. Oh, I can't get. So to you that can right go to now. YouTube or Facebook, and you should be able to see it. Or I'll send it to you later. No, I'll find it. Um, also one of our uh i got it a friend of our a friend of mine i don't know how well you guys know him uh Mm -hmm. chris vossler aka boba fett chris from old school lemerson fans so he's got he's got a couple of them he's got one that's cool but also deeply disturbing he's got an alien face hugger printed on one but if you breathe just right it looks like it's impregnating you because it's going Oh, yeah. So, like, it's actually, like, that. yeah, no, I'll, I'll hit him up and ask him where he got it. Yeah, he's, yeah, he said, he's like, I filmed myself, and it was disturbing to watch myself. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And he's oh, trying to I... sell these things, yeah. No, no, he bought them. He doesn't, know. Oh, he's... okay. And this is a perfect spot to take a quick little break and thank our sponsors, of course, Bridge City Comics. You can find them online now at uh, bridgecitycomics.com. Well, you could always find them on online there, I suppose. Like, they didn't change their URL ever. But um, uh, I don't know if they're opening yet. We have to find that out. But they are still doing curbside pickup. They are still doing delivery. And they are still doing mail order comics. So, um, you know, every week you can pop on over to Bridge City Comics and see all the new titles that are coming out and deciding if you want any of those. Um, you can still set up a subscription box. Um, pretty much you can do everything you normally could do, uh, you know, before all this craziness, except, you know, physically wander, wander the new release wall and all that kind of good stuff. But that doesn't mean that you should be, uh, neglecting your enjoyment of comic books because, uh, comic books are amazing and stories are amazing and Bridge City Comics are amazing. So check them out. BridgeCityComics.com. You can fill out the order form there and place an order for your new books. If there's an older book you're looking for, go ahead and, you know, drop them a line. Drop them an email and see if they're able to get that uh, older book for you or like a trade or a collection or whatnot. If they can get it, place your order and you will have it. Just make sure, you know, like you pick it up. Like don't leave them, don't stick them with the bill. So uh, be cool about that. And, uh, you know, when you send them an email, thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. 
Yeah. Also, um, Guardian Games. They have been our longest sponsor ever since this show was not a show. They have been a sponsor. Um, they are open now. Um, they do require, as everyone now should be doing in the state of Oregon, they do require that you wear a mask in the store. If you do not have one, they will have a mask there for you. They also have hand sanitizers. If you choose not to wear a mask, don't go in and stop being selfish. Um, you can pick up all of your games there. They are still getting in some new shipments. They're getting in some new games. I actually just picked up the Alien role-playing game, even though I know I will never, ever get to play it with people. I am addicted to purchasing role-playing games around series that I love. So... There you go. They have the alien role-playing game, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, check them out. Uh, they are still doing curbside pickup. If you are not comfortable going into the store, that is completely understandable. They will still get your games to you uh, with as contact-free as possible. Um, and just because they are open, as much fun as it would be to just kind of wander the board games and the role-playing games, try to shop with some purpose. They are limiting how many people are allowed in the store, so try not to take a lot of time up. We're not through this yet, not by a long shot. But folks like uh, Guardian Games are helping us make it a little bit more manageable. Find them at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon, or just Google Guardian Games and they will pop up. Um, quick little uh, mention, uh, Asylum is open on limited hours again. So uh, check them out in the historic Hawthorne neighborhood right across from the Baghdad Theater. Also find them online at facebook.com forward slash PDX Asylum, and uh, they will list their hours there as well as posting all the items they've gotten in. So pop in there, uh, show some love from to Anton and Deb, but from at least six feet away. And finally, before we get back to it, uh, even though he is on the show this week, a huge shout out to Rev Nats, who has uh, been supporting us through this entire endeavor with some good equipment, so we are remote shows sound better and better. And uh, for doing his part to uh, hopefully make the world a little bit better, as well as a little lubed up, which is a horrible way to transition back to the show. But what can you do? Here we go. Oh, um, in other good news, uh, we haven't touched on this one yet, is um, the updates that Wizards of the Coast is bringing to Ravenloft and I believe one or two other titles as well. They're eventually... They're eventually going to revamp everything, but those are the two that had the most egregious. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to start that? And I'll, I'll be right back to you now. Yeah. So um, the statement on diversity came out recently that they're, uh, that is uh, outlining a couple of changes they're going to be making to firstly um, Curse of Strahd and Tomb of Annihilation, like you said, Cable. Uh, and so I did find a couple notes. I never, I didn't find the actual outline that they put out, but um, uh, the most changes seem to be coming to the Curse of Strahd uh, module, where um, the Vistani, which I don't know that much about because I'm only just now playing a Ravenloft campaign, but from what I understand, the Vistani are essentially like your stereotypical gypsies, right? Okay. Um, that would explain things, and, yeah. and that is also a, a slur. So Yes. I know. I'm sorry. That's just uh... not not the Romas, but the Gypsies. Right? Yes. Mm. yes. Uh, and so uh, initially, they are described as uh, wanderers who live outside of civilization, mm-hmm. which they've decided kind of implies that you're saying the Vistani are uncivilized. So they're they're taking that part out of it, just 
sticking with wanderers. Mm. Um, and descriptions that include drink heartily and uh, can seem lazy and irresponsible to outsiders, which again mm. are are stereotypes of. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm, I I need a hand here. What is the correct way to describe the people that are being stereotyped in this situation? Romani. Thank you. I was yeah. not going to get there on my own. Um, yeah, so is there the Vistani are roughly a stereotype of a stereotype and they're they're trying to do away with uh, just these little things that sort of take it from a description to slurs. Sure. Yeah, yeah, keep the characteristics of that group, but make a couple tweaks, and then there you go. You got yourself a interesting character as opposed to a stereotypical yeah, stereotype. Well, and I don't be off you touch on like they're doing things like instead of it making, they're just making things like spell like spell abilities or, or things you can choose now instead of well, this is just a racial issue now. Or uh, I had not gotten that far yet. I'm scanning the thing I read earlier too, but. Um... There was another thing that was interesting to me. Oh, there's a there's an NPC called Esmeralda who has a, a prosthesis that she takes care to hide from you. Um, and they're they're erasing that. She just she has a prosthetic leg. Uh, because the original way it was written implies a sense of shame that they don't want to promote. Yeah. Cool. Which even within the, I actually read that element of Curse of Strahd even not taking the ableism thing into account, it actually didn't make any sense for her to be ashamed of it because she literally lost it fighting a werewolf. And that's kind of bad. Cool. And she stores like spell components in it. So yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I don't know if you got to it. They're, they're altering the wording for two of annihilation for the people who live on the Island of Chult. Cause it pretty much gave into a lot of your, um, you know, South Pacific or, like Eastern African savagery tropes. Yeah, um, and so that's what's going on with the Tomb of Annihilation one is there um there is a lot of um phrasing that revolves around either uh uncivilized uh exotic mm-hmm. um tribal there's a whole list of of terminology that they're just like we're just not savage is the other one. Right. You know, like we're just going to delete all of that. We can, we can paint a picture without using these words. And then and cable just said that isn't illegal in, in their port either. And that's being removed. Oh, I didn't remember reading that. I don't. Yeah. That's, I think that's. Or, no, it hadn't changed, I guess there, but it, it looks like that's one of the things that should also be updated. Yeah, I've seen some game companies are like, there are certain times that we're not going to change that, but we're also not going to make it look like that's a good thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, you want to have <clears throat> um, that conflict for sure. Um, I also know that they're not doing it right now because it's a much bigger shift on how they want to handle it. But there is serious talk in how they present um, some of the more adversarial humanoid races. So orcs, half-orcs, hobgoblins... Uh, and drow, like how they're gonna present that drow, like whoa, <laughs> yeah, fraught. That's fraught. You know what's funny? I even remember before when I was like in junior high and and high school, uh, before I had any kind of real understanding of racial issues. 
it never made any sense. I granted it was a fantasy world, so why would it have to make sense? But it never made any sense to me why an entire race of creatures that literally never see the sun had the darkest of skin. I'm like, why are they not just like albinos? Why are they not completely <laughs> pale? Like if they uh, never see the yeah. sun. Yeah, like cave fish, like cave spiders, right? Yeah, and I, I realized that could come with a whole other issue and stuff, but it was Trans- like... Translucent. Yeah. yeah, and then, well, then I read more. It was like because they're, you know, when they turned against the elven gods, they were punished and had their skin turned black. Ooh, I do remember funny. thinking that in high school. Uh-huh. I do remember yeah. thinking in high school. Where have we heard that before? That thing, I remember thinking in high school, actually, that does seem kind of fucked up. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, that's some... Uh, that's some the, Mormon shit. Oh, sorry. That's that that's like uh, interpretations on the Mark of Cain bullshit is what that is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is all. Yep. Oh, never mind. I'm sure we have some really good Mormon listeners, but some of your some of your so, deep deep rules are a little fucked up. So how about on a non-racial topic, or well, a slight tinge of racial topic? Um, okay. Did you guys check out the Foundation? Isaac Abbott Foundation trilogy uh, trailer that Apple TV Plus just I launched. saw it yesterday. Huge Asimov fan here, and they—I uh, don't remember the character, but they did have. It looked like they had a character who was. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't have been black, and they cast it as a black person, which is really cool. Um, I believe a black woman. Black woman. That's right. I think it was yeah. like Harry Sullivan's original assistant. I think was the uh, character. It's totally, totally great casting there. But uh, I'm just like so excited about this because Foundation Trilogy is the greatest science fiction series ever written. So I haven't read it in oh. so long. I'm going to need, pr- need a primer, y'all, because I'm not familiar. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. But it like, comes out in like three years or some shit like that. So Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to – and I'm not going to get Apple TV. I will just – you know what? If you make it available to buy the show, I'll buy the show. I'm going to get Apple TV just for this. I'm going to buy a, a, Xbox, a new Xbox just to play Cyberpunk 2077. And no. I'm going to get Apple TV just to watch get a, Foundation. Get a new PlayStation so we can play. PlayStation. Yeah. Actually, I want to get like the PlayStation Pro, uh, like the, the current badass one, as soon as they release the new one, and everybody will have them on sale, and then I'll buy mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I don't know, because there's some, there's some games coming out that I know are going to be. Honestly, I don't think Cyberpunk's going to be current gen i think it gets pushed to next gen they're already like i mean has, they've been in it it's done the game's done there's no, no it's been delayed yeah, but yeah they were already in like they they have to have been a pretty good way through production I don't know. They, the, the most recent press release said that the game is done they're just going through and playing it a million times with all the combinations because it's like a I, witcher game so there's all these permutations that you could get in trouble with if you combine i, don't know, I can't games, so. i can't shake a feeling that unless you at least have the ps4 pro that that thing is going to overclock a ps4 so bad it's just gonna like yeah well maybe like a fancy one but i can hear cur- i mean my ps4 hums and screams after like an hour of red dead redemption 2 i can't imagine <laughs> how it's going to handle well. cyberpunk yeah, I think we've had this PlayStation since like 2015, but there isn't anything wrong with it. So I don't know. I, I, Jen and I have already had the discussion. When the PS5 comes out, we're gonna try to save up. It'll be that and a new TV. We're just going all in again. Did you just get a new TV? No, that TV's like six years old, seven years old. Hmm. Not non 4K. I non 4K. Yeah. No, the- I remember when you bought that TV. So it's not seven years old. Close. How old are you, Beanery? 
Well, I just mean like I lived in this town. There's a there's a timeline. There's like there's being in PDX and then there's you know being before PDX. We would have got this TV only a couple months after you got here. The man wants a new TV. Is that yeah? Come on. I mean, do you, bro? Buy all the TVs you want. I mean, hey, maybe one day I'll actually get some of that unemployment, a sweet, sweet unemployment assistance. Mm, Twelve checks all in one. Yeah. Yeah. I actually (laughs) just got an. I actually just got an email today from my local state senator saying we're very sorry you're going through this. Um, we have created a special file just for you in our office. There are some people that we are having to do it for them. There's mm-hmm. basically, there's some people that have had so much problem that, yeah, the state senator is like, you are now one of our special projects. Like, Who's oh. your state senator? Lou? Uh, not like federal, but the actual state one. Yeah, yeah. Was it Lou Frederick? Uh, no, Dembro. Dem- Michael Dembro, yeah. Michael Dembro. He's good. Nah, I, I I don't know what the proper response is to my situation is so shitty that someone higher up had to step in and help. Like yay for the help, right. but also you have you've been putting up with this for three months. I, I don't know what's correct. We suck so bad that, since uh, the last week yeah. of March. I have been dealing with this. Yeah. I I yeah. can't even really comment because I my shit went through right away. I've been like sitting pretty on unemployment from week I think one. I think it's well, I think real, technically it's... they missed a week for me, but. It's freelancers. That's we're the ones that are having the biggest problem. Yeah, um, you know. Thankfully, Nat gave me a job for a couple of times. You're still you're 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 uh, you're our second stringer, so it'll come Woo-hoo. back around. I've honestly been super busy right now. Has <laughs> it been? Has the delivery stuff been going pretty strong still? It's taken a sl- a big slowdown in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's natural. I think people are getting out and going to the grocery store more, and there's a little bit of fatigue and just general. Like, do I support small business or do I just move on with my life? Um, I, I did one time re-up my, my supply at Belmont Station instead. But mm-hmm. just the one time, swear. <laughs> yeah. Just the one yeah. time. Well, but I, mean, I, I, I can only drink so fast, Nat. I can only oh, yeah, drink so yeah. fast. There is one guy. I will not name his name. He lives near me. Um, he has ordered from us 16 times. This has been around. We've had this, wow. this program now for uh, 20 weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, it's amazing. The guy just keeps ordering and ordering and I'm not calling him out on anything, but takes all types. Maybe he's giving it to people. No. Cause I've ordered, a, I've ordered a couple times and I, like I've emailed you about this. Like I've ordered a couple times and have said like, Hey, just FYI, these are being allegedly sent somewhere else. I don't think he's, I think he's drinking it all himself. Oh, cause I do have some friends and family that can't get your stuff. And they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. can you ship it? First, oh, no. like, can people are like, can that ship it? I'm like, no, but you know, things find their way to the mail sometimes. <laughs> no judgment. I'm just aging out. You know, I can't, can't keep up anymore. Well, and look, as much as we love your stuff, sometimes you just want a beer. I don't. Yeah, I mean, you're. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you want I mean, a mead. I mean, I'm drinking this now, but the first two were not. Did you say mead? Sure did. Yeah, I'm hanging up. How do I hang up? Where's the hang up button? You don't know. I opened with a mead out of a mason jar. It's going to be delicious. Thankfully, I wasn't paying attention then. It is delicious. (laughs) Strawberry rhubarb mead, and it's wonderful. Is it delicious for a mead, or is it delicious? It's delicious, just like every one of my meads of mine you've tried. Yeah. Oh, Oh, you made this one? Yep. Aaron, you're the best mead maker in the city of Portland, no doubt. (laughs) 
Well, your thoughts on me doesn't make that the highest praise in the world. <laughs> no, that is the highest praise. Like that's when someone good. who hates it's, a it's thing says highest, yours yeah. is good, that's, the that is the highest the praise in yeah. the land. No, I didn't say his is good. I said he's the best. The best of the garbage. Yeah, you have to drink. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at it that way. I will say, though, I have, I have a beer that's fermenting right now that I already know is going to be amazing. So Every beer you make is amazing. Oh, thanks. No. I've never had a bad. I, I take it back. I've never had a bad beer from you. Uh, eh, well, that one version of La Llorona, uh, I oxygenated the fuck out of it, but but it wasn't said, bad. Yeah, no, that's true. No, this one I'm trying to recreate like a like a flan, basically, in like a cream ale. So it's got a lot oh. of vanilla in it. Uh, that'll be tasty. Yeah, I named it Flana Del Rey. <laughs> yeah. I want it just for that name. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty great. I mean, it sounds good too, but. But I, I, but the name definitely that that might be my favorite name you've ever made up. Pretty it is perfect that. for summertime. Oh, yeah, so, so is the mead that I made. What was that peach beer that we made that one time? Uh, peach. Uh, we made it. We made something with peaches, and it had a really fun name. Oh yeah, I don't remember though. Damn it! It was fun. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, that reminds me. I um. I ran into a listener when I was at Hollywood Beverage today. Was it Kelly? No, no. Oh. We know we know Kelly's there. No, this is a uh, stash on bent uh, is their their internet handle. Wow. And I was giving my ID because I was paying with a card and he was like, Oh, oh, kick in the city. Oh, careful, you're becoming Portland famous. It's all downhill Uh-oh. from here. Uh oh. Um does, I mean, wrong. does it come with any kind of dividends? No, nope, just, au- just awkward. <laughs> it just comes with really awkward looks from across the store. Yes. Well, I'm good at that. I'm good at being awkward. And it's even, it's it's easier to do that now because of the mask and the no touching. Because normally my response is like, oh, great. You know, shake hands. Thanks for listening. And now I'm like, Ugh, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> cool, cool, Bye. cool. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, shout out to that guy. Hi. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, getting kind of close to the end here. Do we want to delve into the other? Like, I feel like we have a chance to end on a high note, but the comics world was really, like, shitty slash cleaning house again. Uh, yeah, we dropped the ball at by not talking about what order we wanted to talk about our topics in, and we left the shitty one for last. Well, then let's look at it in a positive way. Um, shitty men are being called out again in comics, and hopefully comics will actually begin to clean house. I think that, um, I, like I was saying earlier, it's going to. Like it, like with the Black Lives Matter movement and with police brutality and inequities in, in class um, and uh, economics, this is another one of those things that's getting a lot of light shown on it, and it's not going to go away this time. Um, because enough people have the time and energy to invest into pushing it, and the anger that has been building is not going going away this time. Uh, so yeah, like I, I think that. Uh, no, I I definitely agree because I mean this example in particular. I don't know if we're not going to say what it is, but uh, oh, I think. I, Allow me, since yeah. I, I've had to work with this organization before. All right, yeah. Uh, so um, have I. Cable and I have, uh, in full disclosure, we interviewed him a year ago because I thought 
that had all been resolved amicably, and that's why he was invited to the comic event. Uh, so I was wrong on that. Oh okay. no. Nope. Oh, well, that I think that that will like play towards part of the problem with this particular situation. But yeah. uh, go ahead, yeah. Cable. So um, Charles Brownstein of the CBLDF has resigned uh, over the fact that people have come forward about sexual misconduct that he has been involved in for years. Fifteen years. Um, um, over and over and over and over. Uh, we we have a friend who is part of the, or, you know, was, was part of, uh, or was one of the people that uh, Charles had assaulted, or not assaulted, but uh, harassed. He may have also assaulted her, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do know that she's been bound by an NDA for years. Still is. Oh. Uh, she is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, we're not going to say who it is, obviously, but she has officially begun legal paperwork to uh, cancel her NDA. Oh, good. Oh, good. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, and again, that when I first started seeing this, it started to come, like you were talking about, it is, the, it is not a women's problem. This is the responsibility of the men to fix this. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I've had discussions and have been thinking about this a lot since this started coming to light when we first started talking about this a couple weeks ago with Cameron Stewart and Warren Ellis, um, Brownstein just being the newest, Jason Latour has also been uh, outed as uh, uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault. Oh, shit, really? Yes. It just, like, today, um, like, just a couple hours ago, um, I heard from Matthew. He's like, fuck. So, creator of Spider-Gwen. Um... (laughs) Which is even worse somehow. But the uh, talk about shouldn't throw stones in a Frank Cho house. Nope. Oh, um, was that? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It, it's our responsibility as men in the comics community not only to be better and and not be shit heels, but and not just protect women and not just call out guys, but actually whenever we sit and we talk about how are we going to fix the comic book uh, community or what, what really needs to be fixed in comics? This is the first topic that we talk about and not whether or not we should bring back the fantastic four or should we change Superman's costume? Fuck mm-hmm. all of that noise. Mm-hmm. The things that we should be talking about is this the, and less white people. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. The, the racial inequities, the gender inequities. Um, and then the, and then my favorite, uh, the the need for unionization of yeah. freelance comic book workers. Yes. Uh, like that, if you want the comic book industry to survive, that's what you need to talk about. That's the discussions. Every man who gets together with other men in rooms to talk about comics, that's the conversation you have to have first before you start talking about Superman or Batman or the Avengers. Fuck all the other conversations. You know, Cable, this reminds me of a conversation that I had uh, maybe two years ago. I was on a panel discussion, um, and it was about it was a there was a kombucha maker, a beer maker, and me, and it was kind of a high level executive group of uh, attendees, and um, 
one of the questions at the end of the panel was about somebody from the audience said something like, how are you adapting to continue to grow and add and, and uh, you know, meet the changing landscape of customer preferences. And the guy, uh, the beer guy next to me, uh, I won't say his name, but he works for full sale just to give you the concept, the idea of the size of the company. Mm-hmm. His response was, um, Oh, we're always innovating or trying out new packaging and, you know, we have to have a strong Instagram presence. And it was all very, you know, classic beer industry, uh, you know, 101 about how to continue to stay relevant and grow your audience. And, and I heard that and I was like, this guy's kind of crazy. Uh, and, and, and my response was, uh, you know, we've got all the white guys, right? All the white guys are buying our product already. Check, right? How do we get the white women to buy our product? How do we get the, you know, the, uh, the brown men to buy our product? How do we get black men, to, how do we get black women to buy our product? How, how do we find all these people who have never been marketed to? They're just sitting on money. I mean, they got money, like from mm-hmm. a purely capitalistic point of view, regardless of any sort yeah. of the the moral rightness of, of doing this to, to bring all people up. Let's just think about it from a dollar's point of view. Like, why is Hennessy so fucking popular with black people? Like, they figured something out. That's racist. Out. <laughs> no, they advertise with them. They figured it out, right? Yes. So any red-blooded capitalist in America should be jumping at the opportunity to to find out some other way to uh, you know, to advertise, to market, to to bring in uh, non-white men to the to the fold. So I think the com- I don't know the comics industry, but sounds like pretty similar, but the same thing. It's the right. exact got, same thing, right? All the white dudes are already buying the goddamn comics. How do we make more money? Well, you you start publishing stuff that's that doesn't look like white boys on all all time. So and and yep. maybe also don't just have scantily clad women on the covers. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they that's, also that's, with like say also with yeah. beer labels. Maybe don't do that. Duh, yeah, um, it still happens don't, though. So. Don't be like that brewery who I'm not going to mention. They weren't the biggest brewery, but they had a black lager, and they thought it'd be hilarious to call it Black Loggers Matter. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah. just in case you're wondering, it did not go over well. Oh, man. At all. Uh, yeah, and, I can't and, see and that also, well. I'll throw this log on the fire as well. The same goes for the board game industry. Oh. And, and all mm. gaming. Yeah. I feel like you have an example. Fucking, just in general. Um, so I have two. One is I am sick to death of games with a a cultural theme. Uh, there are a lot of them that are are Japanese themed um, that are all created by white European men. Mm. Um, that has got to fucking stop. Um, two, one of Days of Wonders' most popular games is Five Tribes, which, you know, you barter and sell slaves. Whoa! It is only one of, like, ten games that are on everyone's top 100 lists that include slavery. And it's like, well, it's historic. It's like, (sighs) mentioning that there's a slave trade is historic, Making that part of the mechanics the of the game Jesus and Christ. part of the win condition. A pro-slavery, pro yeah, exactly. Mechanic, yeah, yeah. Wow. that's bullshit. Yeah. 
So that is bullshit. I'm yep. surprised I've never heard of it. Because gaming is also still primarily white. Mm. And we're we're not having the conversation at Guardian of how we can diversify both our community and our um like our staff base in order to promote that. Of course, the owner of your business is a white male. Yes. Like the owner of fucking every business in America. So. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I've spent a lot of time thinking lately about the, um, the ideas that so many of the, the systemic issues in our society, one of the key issues, like one of the, the biggest roadblocks is that um, essentially we, we blame the victim. Uh, we look at racism as a black people problem. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's a right. one man problem because they yeah. invented it and they propagate it and they benefit yeah. from it. Sexism and, you know, rape culture. That's a mm-hmm. problem that women have. No, it's a man problem because we raise men to live in a society where we're, they're always being apologized for and being given the benefit of the doubt. And women are slut shamed and just made to be made to appear at fault. Once you're the victim people will do everything they can to justify what happened. Yep. Um, I don't really know. I 100% agree that that's like, like the first hurdle. You can't really get momentum until you can like really change that perspective across the board. But what I don't know is how to change that perspective. It goes back to that same conversation. Like, I don't know how to explain to you that you need to care about other people. <laughs> right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Fix it, guys. Well, I mean, okay. uh, look, I, I, you know, I have, was, I, I grew up in a, my high school was predominantly black. Um, I grew in Virginia, uh, you know, until I was in my, late teens I didn't know what the word minority meant because my town was majority minority um so I I have a very different uprising upbringing than most people in in Oregon um but I didn't come into I have not been um I didn't I didn't I have not understood that this is my problem um it was there was a whole lot of it doesn't affect me yeah you know it's uh I'm not racist Okay. Yeah. It's cool. It's good, good enough. Right. Until you know, the last couple of years, BLM stuff, when Trayvon Martin was killed, that was, that one hit me. Um, so I think there's, how do you fix it? You, you fix it one person at a time. And as they're coming into it, they, they figure it out. And, and, you know, can I, can my con- consist, consistent drum beat on Twitter encourage another white man to think about things a little differently? What's, well, that that'd be great, you know, one other person, right? So, it's just got to be one at a time. It's 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 kind of sad to say it, but um, I think it works one at a time. I agree with that. It's, I agree with that one hundred percent. No, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. I know that like ten years ago, me would probably be listening to this conversation, going like, I don't know what you fucking talking about because I don't see that. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. I've never done that, so it's good, it's going right. to be a it's going to be a slog. Right. Yep. I, yeah. I I know that I have been. What's the word? Um, I am guilty of implicit bias. I've never thought of myself as racist, sure. but I I know that 
even now there are things that come from implicit bias, no matter how much time I spend Mm -hmm. trying not to or learning ways in which that exists and doing away with them. Yeah. And it's constant self-analysis. Yeah. And there's a whole other, another separate conversation, especially within the Latinx community about how it has been ingrained in us to see black people as adversarial also. Um, well, I can imagine that part of that comes from the the stereotypes of black people in society versus the like idealized stereotypes that brown people have for themselves. Right. I know that you know Americans might see Mexicans the- as lazy job stealing rapists, but growing up, I was always raised under the. You know, assumption that you are just you're going to be a hardworking person. That's just you're going are. to be one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. We, don't, how, we never had that in my family. That's thing. what I had. Uh, well, yeah. I, I that actually might be untrue because I know that my parents avoided um, engaging with a lot of uh, like Mexican American communities like that we had most of my parents family or most most of my parents friends were uh immigrants and then they're they're like uh, you know american children essentially or maybe maybe they're you know essentially what would be a daca recipient uh these Mm -hmm. days um but i do remember that there was this perceived notion within my family of like well we don't really socialize with mexican other mexican families here because of how they are was it no, a lot? No, of, you're right. Was it no, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of it was an attempt to assimilate more fully, maybe? Yes. yes. Some of it was that, for sure. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 for me, it's kind of a mixed bag. I feel like there's a lot about Mexican culture that I did not experience growing up, but I'm sure my mother would disagree. And I, I, like, I didn't learn to speak English until I was of a grade school age, but my little sister struggled with Spanish until she was much older because at that point we were much more immersed. Mm-hmm. So it's, but I, but I do know that there is a, there is a implicit bias between a Mexican American and uh, how they see black people. Yeah. I think a lot of cultures you, you have to, they always want to have somebody below them, you know? So Mm-hmm. You, you you pick somebody who's you don't, but I mean like the culture picks somebody to be below them. Yeah, right. And there's the there's the whole longer conversation too about the 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 continual subconscious effect of colonialism on you know most of the Central and South American indigenous people and how it like completely taints how they see the world now. Mm-hmm. Once you create uh, even, a even hierarchy, in ter- even in terms everyone- of bonding with the people who took you over. Yeah, I would say like once you create a hierarchy, people are going to want to do whatever they can to be higher up on that ladder, yeah. whether yeah, it's the, the whether they agree with it or not. Versus, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Like I had a I had a really long conversation with somebody earlier this week about like the way uh, women close the door behind them in in professional environments because Ooh, a lot of like yeah. the higher echelon, uh, you know, work environments uh, are male dominated, and so the the perception that gets ingrained to you is that like you work hard to get to where you are. And now you just have to like hold on to that as tight as you can. And that 
doesn't translate to supporting and platforming other women and mentorship and things like that. No, it becomes a, I got mine and fuck everybody else who couldn't get, like, obviously I work harder than you mentality. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess it comes down to, we all have a lot of work to go and, but we're taking the right steps. Yeah. Every one of us. Yeah. And to drink more cider. Yes. Always. Or Rosenstadt beer. Now what, are they the ones who make the best lager in town, you said? Is that them? Uh, it's the best lager in the United States of America. Ooh, bold words. I mean, y'all know me. I don't, I don't miss words. But <laughs> nope. No, I know every, every once in a while you will jump into that, um, that drinking Twitter thread that I got looped into. And you always just kind of show up to drop bombs. It's kind of <laughs> hilarious. They're like, let me yeah. know when you drink a real craft beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of comics people talking about beer. And I'm like, what do you guys know about beer? Well, so I will, th- I will throw out a little bit of plug for myself here because that's what I do. I'm a capitalist. Um, you all know the Night of a Thousand Debaches that we do every year where we make debache and we blend it with local breweries, beer, and yes. you know, we have like a whole event. It's super exciting. It's one of my favorite events of the year. Obviously can't do that because can't have people in the, in the building now. Um, but we're doing a twist on it. So it's a uh, 91,000 tapaches in a box, basically. So it'll be mm. a couple of bottles of tapache with a couple, uh, with a, maybe four or five, we're not exactly sure how many different beers, uh, locally made beers in bottle and can format. So you do your own blending. Um, that'll come out, I think, next week. We want to have it available for people to consume over the July 4th weekend. Mm. Uh, and this Rosenstaff beer that I cannot stop talking about will be um, the light lager um, uh, entry in maybe, the box. Maybe Geek in the City Radio should do like a live tasting event. Ooh, yeah. Exciting. Yes. One box for you, one box for you, and one box for you. Woohoo! That was that was my angle. I don't know if you I mean I was gonna own one. I was gonna buy one anyway. But no, you're you're, you're down know. here. I'm done. Okay, so one. It's box all different for, you. for everyone. For for me, yep. for it'd be. Bow, bow, bow. And box now I've just got the Brady everyone. bunch in my head. Yeah. Being yeah. Uh, mine would be how to follow a show you can. It would be downright fierce. They should fix it so that everybody's in the same spot for each other. Yeah. That's true. I know. I don't want to know why that is. Ooh, maybe I'll mix some tapache with my the pulque that I made. Ooh, can I, I attempt, come over? I attempted to make it. I don't know how good it is. It's chill. Where, it's it's, it's chilling right now. Agave my... sap? Did you use agave sap or use agave syrup? Or what? I had to use agave syrup. Where the hell am I going to get agave sap? Mexico? I have no idea. Otherwise. Sure. Yeah. Steal it from your but, neighbor's yard. I don't... Isn't there someone in town who has that, uh, that agave? Oh, yeah, but I'm pretty sure you have to, I think you have to kill it to get the sap out of them. You have to, yeah, from what I understand. Yeah. Oh, does yeah. the sap come out of the stock? Yeah. Instead the, of the yeah, leaves? No, it's, it comes out of the bottom of the stock. You have to yeah, like, the, cut the, and dig out the bottom of the stock. Kind of yeah. like the artichoke heart, but it's agave. Exactly, yeah. Um. I, I, I found a bunch of like traditional recipes. I think with what I could get in Portland, I made it as close as I can. It does look like pulque. It's that weird milky Ooh. white. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, said, real quick. Uh, mm. People are asking, how can they get a box? Uh, so if you live in the city of Portland, it'll be on our website, shop.revnas.com. It'll be all of our Instagram. We'll spend some time talking about the box. My guess is that it'll be about 50 bucks. And then we'll deliver it to you. If you don't live in the city reasonable. of Berlin, you can't get it. Sorry. So because it'll come with two bottles of tapache, right? Two or three bottles of tapache and four to six bottles of beer. Yeah, we're kind of just trying to like make our money somewhere else. Basically, I don't really know. Because um, those we're, are we're, those are seven fifty mil bottles, right? They're like wine. No, twenty two ounce. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Twenty. Then, oh, okay. Yeah, and then oh, no, it's in like right. 12, 12 or sixteen ounce. We're confusing, we have, confusing potential we have, bottles. We have Rosenstadt. 
uh, the lager. We have a uh, great notion. They're going to do one of their super cool weekly releases with us. Um, we got old town brewing my homies old town. Um, oh man, their hop that last one they put out the hop experiment or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, what yeah, was that? What was that hand sign again? Nothing. You- I live Come in on. I, can, I can do that. No. It's the, it was uh, a mirror, it's, the, it's the mirror universe salute. I'm white. I only do it once. I'm not allowed to do it twice. Uh, we're get, we got Ruse. Uh, they won the Night of a Thousand Depaches competition last year, so they're coming back with a, with a beer. Uh, I, I, uh, and uh, Von Ebert. Um, Von Ebert doesn't know they're part of it yet, so don't tell them. They'll, they'll get around to it. Surprise. You should You should tell Assembly that they have to do something. Assembly doesn't package. Oh, shit. That's right. Uh, Montevilla, Montevilla packages now. What's what's your favorite beer there? That the regular stout. Uh, which are not making right now because of the time yeah. of year. All they have they have a Hellas Lager, they have a uh, a Mosaic IPA. Uh, my favorite of theirs is their there. porter. I think they make the best porter in town. Well, if I could get a dark beer, I want to try to get a dark beer into this box. Hit, so, well, hit them up. Maybe they can help you. Yeah. There you go. Well, cool. That'll be fun. There's a positive way to end the show. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, we'll totally, exciting. we'll totally do like a live tasting or something. People mm-hmm. can awesome. hang out and watch us. Awesome. I will. Uh, I will coordinate with you on the moment, and we'll bring a bunch of customers into your uh, into our little group here. Sounds fun, man. All right. Well, uh, Nat, thank you so much. Uh, not only for brewing amazing, thank you for having dinner, me, but being an awesome person and. All that Thanks for stuff. having me. Thanks for including and for me. The as conversations always. that are hard. Yeah. So so relieved to feel like that you turned out to be one of the good ones. Yeah, you don't have to fire me from the uh, club. Yeah, that would have been really. I would have been really bummed out if I was forced to go to drink cider only at boop place in town. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's no cideries in town that I really dislike, so that's fine. I would just have to go back to drinking Guinness all the time, and who wants to do that? Me? Irish. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a love of I like Guinness. Guinness is good. No, it is, but it's not exciting if that's all you have. That's true. It's also not a very accurate description of what I would be doing instead. I just wanted to make it seem like a terrible alternative to living off of Nat's re- cider. Uh, that's true. Not that bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking mead all the time. That would be... Okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm really sorry for you about that one. Oh. You, you know, we almost made it the whole way through the show without me... Uh, like changing my mind about you. Yeah. Yeah. Now we well, have to cancel you. <laughs> Over mead, fine. I will not. I will die. I will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. Don't you mean that hive? Exactly. Oh, oh no. All right. That's and good. with that, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bianarita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. And our guest was Reverend Nat of Nat's Hard Cider. We will talk to everybody next week. Ted Wheeler must resign. Bye. It's recording, and I'm going to activate the live thing. All my tabs are all like connecting, working. Processing. Processing. I love that forever my computer voice is always going to be the original serious computer. Working. Although Uh, I think... (laughs) Go ahead. Invader Zim's computer, his his entire system. (laughs) There There was one episode of TOS. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but I do... They got like the smoothest computer voice. It's all like, it was all like James T. Kirk.
verified. Like, I forgot which one it was, but it was a very soulful computer. Uh, the, my daughter, was a, my, go ahead. I was just going to say, there was a, a few of those episodes where the um, the computer voice got more sultry. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And then my it just went to that. No, do it. Sorry. My, my daughter has one of those fantastic uh, female, airy computer voices that she does. I can't, uh, I can't even attempt it, you know, like very light and melodic. <laughs> I was told her she Please could do that professionally. If, exactly. She can do that oh, wow. professionally if needed. It's a gig. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We're recording.